Hi, my name's Matt, and this is a podcast about life after the coronavirus vaccine. Welcome to episode 26. As I record this week's podcast on Saturday 31st of July, it will be one year ago to the day that my friend Emma died. I have been thinking about her a lot this week, missing her a lot too, and it felt right to find space for talking about that here with all of you. One of the things I'm conscious of as we find ourselves trying to move life on from this pandemic is that so many of us have lost people we love in the past 18 months. Some far too many to COVID and some to other things as with Emma. But whether their death was with or from coronavirus or not, Each of them has been lost in a time where so many of the tools we have for managing grief have been unavailable to us. The closeness of others, the gathering of people, the rituals of ceremony. Without these things, it has been hard to comfort each other and be comforted. It has been hard, really hard to fully process the hurt and pain that losing someone so precious brings. And so we must find both time and space in the days and weeks ahead to have the conversations and connections, the important pauses from the rolling forward of life to remember and to process and to grieve for those we have lost. The backdrop, too, of a global pandemic reminds us constantly of our own fragility and mortality. One thing that I have thought about a lot to the existential questions that a global pandemic raises is, what is it of us that survives even death? I am not a religious person, although I have had a spiritual upbringing which shapes so much of what I believe today, And without wishing to disrail this episode into discussions of spiritual and religious beliefs, I personally take most comfort in the things I can prove are real. And so to me, something I know to be true is that those we love and who love us pass on to us qualities and characteristics and passions that continue in us even after the one we loved has passed on. Each of us live on in the way our lives touch on others. As well as remembering Emma this week, it just so happens that when seeing my parents for lunch on Wednesday, my mum shared with me a gift of a framed set of four photographs four black and white portraits of my grandparents, each now past. She has had one on her wall for a while now and I asked her if she would make me one and this week she gave me my own copy to hang in my hallway. So as well as Emma, I have been thinking about each of my grandparents too. Now it would 
be impossible to ever fully capture who any one of these people truly was. The ever-moving flow of consciousness that characterises our experience of being alive with each moment and experience building on the last means our experience is not just unique but infinitely so. We barely understand our own transient experience of life, let alone anyone else's. So I, I will not capture all of who these people were, or even all of who they were to me. But the rest of this week's episode is an attempt to capture just some of the things passed on to me by some of those who have passed on. Nana, mum's mum. Nana made time. She made time to be with me and my brothers and sister. She made time to play with us. She made time to talk with us. She made time to be around us, even if that meant we got on with our own things while she rested her eyes just because she delighted in being part of our lives. She made time for us. She got to know me and I got to know her. Because Nana brought us in on her life. She took us shopping with her. She taught me how to make pastry and turn it into treacle tart. She told us stories about the war. She made lunch with us and puzzles with us and watched the last of the summer wine with us. It is a precious thing to know someone loves to be with you. You never lose it. And I hope in the way I am with my nieces and nephews that I may pass on the same feeling that Nana passed on and leaves with me. I was never enough from the day you started Comparisons didn't be disheartened Grandad, mum's dad. Grandad was fun. It is a special kind of love that someone gives you when you can have fun just by being in their company. I also look back now to a man who looked after the way he looked, well-shaven, with a beautiful head of well-groomed hair, a gene I hope deeply that I have inherited, and a daily routine that he kept up, having woken up at the crack of noon. Grandad died when I was really quite young, but I just have this sense of being intrigued by him. There's so much I don't know about him, but what I did know of him delighted me and still does. I like that I have a family precedent for being well kept. But I also like that I have a family precedent for being fun. It's a kind of magic spark that you just know when you meet it. 
granddad had that magic spark and I'd like to think he passed it on. What happened when it go dark? Go dark. What happened when it all fell apart? And in the embers of this love, I'm trying to figure out what I've become. What you wanted, darling, what you wanted. 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 Grandpa. Dad's dad. One of the first things I think of when I think of Grandpa is his study full of computer and technology. He shared it with us and let us use his old BBC computer with real floppy disks and his Amstrad tapes too. We played the original Frogger on black and white CRT screens and even wrote basic programs. It inspired in me a curiosity for technology that lives on to this day, mostly thanks to Grandpa. Because Grandpa was ex-forces, submarines were his thing and he was wickedly smart. Despite being at an age where many of his generation were the butt of can't work the VCR jokes, Grandpa took his talent for the technical and, in our family at least, helped lead the computer revolution. I'd like to think I got a little bit of that. Grandpa didn't go to church regularly, even though Grandma did, but he did have a deep respect for tradition. I remember being puzzled at his funeral that there was so much of the Christian ceremony when he was a man who had not been to church that often. But as family reminded me, Grandpa held a deep respect for those traditions. They meant a lot to him. He found comfort in them. And in him doing so, I have found my own comfort in them too. It won't shock you to know that I don't find I fit in with religious ceremony or with many religious traditions. But I do take comfort from them and I do recognise their beauty and their purpose. I do see the possibility that whilst they may not always be mine, they are there for me when I need them, if that makes any sense. I'm perhaps not at the end of that thought yet. It maybe needs more reflection, more questioning, but there is just something in the way Grandpa related to those traditions that I see in myself and I hope to understand more deeply in time. I take comfort in knowing that I am not alone on that kind of journey.
Grandma, Dad's mum. Grandma had a quiet determination that I vividly remember and wish I had more of. She fought hard for many rights for my Auntie Linda, her daughter who had Down syndrome at a time when so little was known about it and so little support was available. She fought fiercely to make the world a better place for Linda. Sometimes that meant making a noise, but my recollection was that most often Grandma went about life with the quiet, patient determination to just do what she was going to do. I loved that spirit. It occasionally spilled out into stubbornness. I will never forget wrestling a dining room chair from her, despite her barely being able to walk because she was moving the chairs for dinner and didn't need any help, thank you very much. Because Grandma was also very, very generous. Whether it was fried bread for breakfast or the crisps and can of tango had before breakfast or the extended family and friends invited over for meals altogether. Grandma gave so much to others. I hope I have a little of that generous spirit and I often find myself trying to channel her quiet, patient determination when working for children to be included in music education at work and finding the system too slow or too unresponsive. I think of her and the way she passed on to me that fight. See what you need of me When I'm here to be Pull the trigger on my impulsivity Speak like a prophecy Like your words are golden, golden Do you like seeing me hurting On the floor, surely Karen Going backwards and forwards Feeling broken and anchored Oh, I'm stripped down Bad to nothing On a leash tied to your mooring Wait it down, I'm shining You say you want me But you're the only one who knows me And you breathe for me I don't recognize myself when I'm looking at you You say you want me Emma was so accepting. In life, I think there are three ways in which people accept others. Some will accept you because they don't see your brokenness yet. Others will accept you because they see both your brokenness and also how it may be healed. And others will accept you because they see your brokenness, recognise themselves reflected back in it, and accept not just you, but the brokenness too. Emma accepted people in that last way. She accepted me and she accepted my brokenness in that way. We found ourselves reflected back in each other. We found a bond and an acceptance that I so deeply miss constantly. Emma also had an incredible gift for taking the brokenness the darkness 
and finding beauty and light and joy within it. She expressed this in song, perhaps best of all, but also in humour too. She was a ferocious defender of me, my creativity, my self-expression, and she passed on to me just some of the strength she found within herself to face up to, accept, and transform her pain into beauty. I have, sitting on my computer, many unfinished songs made with Emma that are still too painful to go back to, but which I would in time like to return to, as I feel they too have been passed on to me. But, and I know Emma would agree, there is no rush, as she would accept and defend my spirit in fighting healing in its own time. She would have told me that in a WhatsApp voice note. Instead, I have to make do with knowing it's true. I really do miss her. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you've enjoyed it, you can follow the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts or your podcast player of choice. You can find the podcast on social media at Life After Vax, V-A-X on Twitter and Instagram. And if you'd like to reach out for a more meaningful connection, you can drop me an email. Hi at lifeaftervax.com. Until next time. Thank you.